0: Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the show where an actual statistics professor and his friends give you sports betting tips. I'm your host, Professor Sides, and this college football episode covers all of the bowl games scheduled to be played on Friday, December 16th, Saturday, December 17th, and Monday, December 19th. case you're new here, check out the webpage on the banner. It's www.pickswitheprofessor.com new for primer. more about here, show goals and community rules. Remember, there are no locks in gambling, and as always, take what you like and leave the rest. If you have questions about these games, the best place to get those answered is on our Discord chat, which can be accessed through Patreon. That link is below on the ticker. Lastly, please understand the good and bad variants will occur, so as much as we'd like to see will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality for any gambler. Uh, Cousin Jared, we closed out the conference championships, destroying it on sides and struggling on totals. Um... We're going to pick some sides and totals today. I honestly don't think that has any bearing going forward because bowl games are just who the heck knows on so many things, right?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And and what I want to just say up front, for those of you who have been with us for a long time and were here with us for the the bowl episodes last season, if you're looking for Christmas movie rankings, that will not be in this episode. So if you are looking for that information specifically, you will have to come back later. That will not be in this one. So if you're looking for that again. Bear with us. We'll, We'll get that content to you later.
0: I would say that's a teaser, but I'm, I'm not sure it actually is. Uh, what I will say as a teaser, though, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about where the games are played, who's coaching, who's opting out, all of that stuff, and all of our bowl breakdowns. Uh, try to give you the most up-to-date information we have because that's honestly half the game with handicapping uh, yeah. bowl games. is trying to figure out who the heck's even playing. Obviously, we'd have to deal with this stuff, you know, Five years ago, quite as much. Ten years ago, you really didn't have to. But now it's just a different world. We have to adapt and adjust to it. And mm-hmm. you know, you can complain all you want, but then you just gotta accept the reality of this. Is we have to try to come up with new handicaps based off who's playing, and who's not playing, um, and that's going to be a big part of our shows here. And why we may disagree with the model in ways that we don't typically disagree with it, simply because right. of what we know that the model doesn't know. The model does know about injuries. The model is taking into account. All the information they can figure out, but with regards to opt-outs, coaching stuff, it's, it's very uh, – uh, has no knowledge of who's opting out. Uh, that's the knowledge that we have to add as humans. Right. So, all right. Well, before we get to it, some reminders, please hit that like button if you're on YouTube. Also, if you aren't yet, please consider subscribing or following. It's free, and if you turn on notifications, you won't miss any of the college basketball, and they'll be our college football content this channel provides and a reminder we've started up a patreon if you're looking to get some extra benefits mercy rights at just three dollars per month which gets you the plays of the day gets you the discord at one tier get you ad free shows early access to picks, which is early access to projection
1: projected lines which is uh you know where
0: it's at for college basketball right now is really all i can say about that
1: yep yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, I had a couple instances this this weekend where you get the line that at opening, it was a winner. You, you got it later, it was a loser. And so the earlier you can get that information, the better for sure. And this is and this is Sunday, December eleventh, right now we're recording
0: this. And uh, oh, the one today we were talking about was Coppin State. I think you, you got that at yeah nine and a half, nine yeah. and a half. And the model still kind of liked it at eight and a half, and uh, it lands right on nine. Right, and yeah. then it gets bet down to seven and a half. People kept betting it, and uh, you know, it you was know, by nine. So, I mean, they, they, yeah. that's that sort of thing can give you a lot of benefits. But uh, otherwise, we'll get to it here. To these bowl games, lines, courtesy Bet Online. Sign up link in the show description. And current as at the time of this recording, it is Sunday, December eleventh. We've got two Friday games. Uh, no Friday night game. I guess it's like go out and hang out with your family. I don't know. Maybe they just didn't want to compete with the, the you know, TV slot. I guess it's bad for Friday night. But we got a lot early one, 1130 a.m. Eastern time. The Hometown Lenders Bahamas Bowl. I don't know. I'm probably not the only one laughing about the Hometown Lenders Bowl being in the Bahamas. Bahamas.
1: Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The second, the the second tw- Home Lenders Bahamas Bowl. Is, is it? It should be.
0: Oh well, there you go. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, wouldn't we all love a home in the Bahamas? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Miami and of Ohio and UAB in this one. You've got UAB, whose sideline has ranked 69th. Miami of Ohio ranked 107th. This is a pair of six and six teams, but UAB is a lot better. I mean, there's a reason why. They are 11-point favorites. They are the much better team uh, here. But 7th says it should only be 9.8. Gives us about a 4% edge, taking the points with Miami of Ohio. With regards to um, you know who is in or out for UAB, uh, You know, pretty clean slate. For Miami of Ohio, you did have Brett Gabbert has opted to return, but his status is uncertain. Um, they've also lost one guard. Um, I don't really think that affects our handicap really much either way in this one. I think kind of our thought process is kind of consistent. Aside from that, uh, we are going to grab the 11th of Miami, Ohio, and grab the under 44 and a half. Cousin Jared, tell us why.
1: Well, we're going to take the under 44 and a half just because the Miami unders have been so good to us all season. I think if you would look to some of the projection systems, they would say that this game you know, should be in the in the very low 40s, maybe even upper 30s, as opposed to the the mid 40s. So even at a number like 44 and a half, you're still getting a lot of value there, in, in my opinion. And again, we've said it a yeah. million times, uh, 44 being the second most common number uh, for totals in, in college football. And then as far as taking the 11 points with Miami, Ohio, for me, this is exactly, directly correlated to to that under. I think this game is going to go well under that 44.5 and a half number, and so I think getting 11 points is is really 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 valuable. I don't think either team's going to be able to to pull away in this game, and I don't think either team plays a style where they necessarily want to pull, pull away in this game. So, um I, I think that this one's going to be low scoring. Definitely you're going to be easing your way into bowl season with this one. I'm not expecting a lot of fireworks or excitement, uh, but hopefully taking the 11 points, playing the under 44.5, and a half, you'll get two solid wins there to kick off bowl season. And because uh, of Jared, I, I feel like uh, I, I maybe
0: can. And it, you know, we talk about uh, scaling your 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 bets, right? And this is where we're just gonna flat bet through all this. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the you know, one unit on every on every single game, uh, and every every pick that we make. That one unit for bowl season. If you wanted to bring it down a little from what you did in the regular season, that's not yeah. the craziest idea because the variance is through the roof. I can tell you exactly how we're going to lose every single play that we make. And, I, and we can give you all the reasons we're going to win too, but but we always yeah. we want to – there are no locks in gambling, people. And, and if you're looking for a, a get-rich-quick scheme, some dude who's going to tell you the max whale lock of the century, thousand unit, whatever, you know, I'm not going to get that here. I'm going to be straightforward honest with you and say – you know, we're just trying to find a little bit of an edge where we can. And there's a lot of way, you know, we always I've said it how many times, right? Once a month, once every week, whatever I try to say, right? Think through the ways you can lose the bets. The way you can lose this bet is I feel like every Bahamas bowl I've ever seen has been 75 to 72, right? It right. feels like those games get crazy out there. But I I think, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this. I feel like those teams have or those games have also been involving teams of like the old like the Western Kentuckys of the world, right? right. And not the UABs and Miami of Ohio. So I think those games have been higher scoring, but it's been just different types of teams than these two. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of, and and there's a reason for that, because like when those types of teams are playing in these no name bowl games, that's what makes us remember them. Uh, Otherwise, you know, nobody talks about, you know, when, when Wyoming and, you know, Northern Illinois play a game and, you know, there's 50 points in the game and some snowy location somewhere in the the middle of December. Um, So, yeah, I I think this is just one of those games that, you know, you're not going to remember it. After it's over, it's not. I don't think it's going to be very memorable at all. Um, Neither of these teams, throughout the entire season, have shown us that they have the desire or the ability to to play a a high scoring game and get crazy. So, yeah, and that's what I was going to say. I I feel like it's a little bit
0: of a uh, you know there's there's a name for it in the literature the idea that you remember when you go to the grocery store and you pick the wrong line but you don't remember when you pick the right line you tend to remember yeah, yeah. The, the, those situations something like we remember like you said when it's a crazy 70 point game and you yeah. know 70 yard passes left and right but there yeah. are lower scoring bowl games and the location is kind of irrelevant to that um we're gonna talk later about uh, you know Throughout the course of the season, some games that we think, one of them today, that we think is going get really out of hand points wise. This isn't one of them that, that we think. No. So, again, it, no. it can get crazy because you never know when teams go to the islands if they're just going to abandon all their defensive principles. But if these two teams play anything like what they played all season, uh, the defenses are going to shine. We obviously feel better about grabbing the points with Miami of Ohio, assuming that Gabbert does play um, in this one. But either way, it wouldn't surprise me if this game is some ugly 17-7 to type game, and getting having those 11 points in your back pocket makes a lot of sense, especially to, to pair with that under 44-and-a-half. Yep. All right, the other Friday game, 3 p.m. Eastern, Troy and UTSA. Um, this one is the Duluth Trading Care Bowl in Orlando, Florida. Um, UTSA's uh, running back did not play in the conference championship game, so he is uh, presumed questionable, I guess, Um we have one wide receiver who's been out for Troy, but nothing major, uh, and not a lot of not a lot of news with these two teams for the most part. We think they're mostly going out there full, you know, full functioning. We think the guys mostly transferring, uh, entering the transfer portal. Here are guys who are backups, not going to really affect um, the game much anyway. Sideline says this should be UTSA minus a point. That's pretty close to where it is right now. It's kind of hovering right around a pick 'em. Model tends to agree with that. You've got a pair of 11 and two teams, so at least two better records. Uh, UTSA ranked 46th, Troy 54th. Um, I think I don't really know who's gonna win this game. I, I think it should be a really good one. One of the better yep. ones of the early season. So I mean, if you can get off work early, and watch this one, it's probably uh, worth your while. We're gonna take the over 54 and a half. We
1: just talked about one key number cousin Jared. Uh, tell me about the other. Yeah, yeah. Another key number, of course, our, our favorite number in all of college football in regards to totals, and that is 55. And south of a that number here, I think this is still getting this at, at over fifty four and a half. and uh, You mentioned both of these teams being uh, fully functional. Will Stein, the offense coordinator for UTSA, ha- has left and, to become the offense coordinator at Oregon. Um, he apparently is more attracted to Oregon than Justin Wilcox was. I will never let that go, uh, that Justin Wilcox decided to stay at Cal instead of taking the head coaching job at, at Oregon. Yeah. 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 Anyway, but Frank Harris has announced he's coming back for a senior season. Obviously he's playing in the bowl game as long as UTSA has the weapons that they have on offense. You know, I'm sure that there will be a little bit of an impact not having their offensive coordinator there, but I trust whoever the backfield is to slide in and use the tools that he has at his disposal. And there are a lot of them at, at UTSA. And, I, you know, I'm sure some of you who have been with us for a while are wondering, oh, my gosh, we're taking an over in a Troy game. This is like the antithesis of what we've done all season. And I would say you are correct. Uh, and we have been losing those Troys unders, unders as of <laughs> we, recent. We, uh, yeah, but see, we won them in the middle of the season. We were winning them like
0: crazy. And then the last, like, two, last two for sure, maybe the yeah. last three, just completely yeah, the, the, went south.
1: <laughs> yeah, the last three. And it was because of Troy. Troy put up 34 points, 48 points 45 points in those games even go back a a little bit longer they put up 23 on louisiana which doesn't sound like much but louisiana was another one of those teams that was playing a lot of under games i think that both of these teams are going to get to like 28 something like that i think this ends up like it's 56 points or so late in the game and so you've already won and then you know you mentioned the spread being what it is i think this is going to be one of those things late field goal late touchdown uh wins it in the fourth quarter i think it's going to be close the entire time uh Some of those teams that Troy put up a lot of points against, their defenses were not good. You want to know who else's defense is not very good? UTSA. And so I think there's going to be lots of points in this one. This one I think is going to be everything, even though the total is only 54 and a half, I think this game is going to be everything that the first game is not going to be. Um, so definitely, like you said, be prepared for your Friday afternoon. You know, Maybe take off work a little bit early, go to a happy hour, go to a bar, watch the you know second half of this game. I think it's going to be a fun one.
0: And, I, you know, I have to, to brag on us a little bit. You know, we nailed uh, the sides in both of these games, UTSA and Troy, laying big numbers in their conference championship games, and they both ran away with it. And, and I, the handicaps on those, I think, play directly into why I don't want to take the side in either one of them here. The handicap there for UTSA was... They kind of played with their food all season, didn't cover a handful of games. They didn't have to. They knew where they were going. They were saving up for making mm-hmm. sure they won conference and the bowl game. And then when it got to the conference championship game, sure enough, they destroyed North Texas. And the same thing yeah. with Troy, kind of the same thing, didn't really show a lot. But at the end of the season, when they needed to, they started doing it. And sure enough, they put up a ton of points, 40, 45 on Coastal Carolina, uh, who's, decent defense, you know? Yep. And so, uh, the, uh you know, that's the exact reason why I don't want to mess with either one of them here. Cause I think both of them, like you said, it's going to live up to the hype. I believe as well, they both have been kind of prepped for their conference championship games, pass those tests with flying colors against weaker opponents. And now it's okay. Now we're playing the big boy. This is their, this is yep. their championship game. This is their, yep. their, their, Super yep. Bowl right here. Now yep. uh, that was kind of the semifinal game. Though. Okay. We got the, we got another, we got a conference championship. Now let's go get the 12th win, which was, which, it is a, it's a fantastic accomplishment for any yep. school and yep. so I think it's gonna be a fantastic game I don't want to I don't want to fade I want to back both these teams but I can't so I sure as heck don't want to fade either one of them uh, We're gonna right. stay over 54 and a half and like like you said when I saw 54 and a half I thought oh this is great I, I figured it'd be I figured it'd be more like 56 and a half and we'd be kind of saying okay we still got to go over yeah because i'm thinking about you know 58 59 is about where i'm a little bit more questioning yeah going over the fact that it's below 55 is just like you said an added bonus a little bit of a steal for
1: us yep
0: all righty to the saturday games 11 a.m eastern louisville versus cincinnati this is the wasabi finway Bowl, obviously played in boston um who oh boy. Uh yeah. Yeah, and where, that's where one to way to describe it. Yeah. <laughs> where to begin with this game, you've got uh Luke Fickle going from Cincinnati to Wisconsin. Uh and, and will coach which uh Huh? Like I, I what Can, you, I, I I I don't I don't understand. I mean money, muddy I guess, but I mean you got Cincinnati going to the Big 12, about to be put in a position where if he wins conference, he's guaranteed a spot in the yeah. you know, in the playoff with the expanded playoff, then he'd have to win yeah. it. And it'll be in the same spot in Wisconsin, but I, I just, yeah. it seems like an interesting movie set up there. Well, I, I, I go into Wisconsin. I guess that's a slight move up for him. I don't know. I just felt like he was, maybe it was time to cash in his chips. I don't really know. Uh, I, mm-hmm. I thought he was, I figured he would stay there <laughs> or yeah. if he would go up, I figured it would be for, you know, a top, top job. And I, yeah. I don't know. There's probably a Wisconsin fan saying that that's a top job. I'm sorry. I don't think it is. Yeah. I think it's a good job, but I think Cincinnati's about to become a good job going to yeah. go into the big 12 right so a- anyway um you've got uh you know interim coach there you've got a couple guys who are going into the draft you've got a starting lineup going to the portal for cincinnati louisville lost their coach um to cincinnati. Cincinnati.
1: <laughs> so there you
0: go um he uh, you know uh Obviously, he won't coach. He, he wasn't there, but that's just kind of like hanging over all of this, right? Um, so you'll have interim coaches for both games. Malik Cunningham opting out for Louisville. Their backup, however, was quasi-competent when he played. Uh, you know, got him a couple of wins. Wasn't bad. Um, Cincinnati, of course, losing their quarterback due to injury, and that's just a worse situation. So that's why I like I like laying the point point a half of Louisville. I think they've kind of been dealing with the mess, of a quarterback who's been in and out all season because of a, a, just a litany of different injuries where Cincinnati hasn't. So I, I think Louisville's decided to be on here. We're going to back Louisville. we also to take the under 43. Both these teams are pretty good defensively and pretty rough offensively. This opened up uh, and hung around for a while at 45. So obviously if you could have gotten under that, that's better than this, but I, it just, just feels like an ugly, like, you know, 20 to 17 type game.
1: Uh, Cause Jared, what's your take on this one? So you want to know who is, is losing a lot here, Cincinnati, because Luke Fickle is an amazing coach. You want to know who's not losing a lot? Um, well, probably the people who weren't upset when uh, Scott Siderfield left, and that would be Louisville fans. Um, so I think, like you said, Louisville's kind of been playing with the mess all season. I think that yeah. Cincinnati is just taking a much bigger hit with what they're losing than what Louisville is. You mentioned Louisville backup quarterback. They, they covered against Virginia easily when he uh, started the game when Cunningham was out earlier this season. I know he got us to a window a second time later in the season. I have a lot more faith in him than, than I have in anybody who's going under center for the Bearcats in, in this game. Um, you mentioned their quarterback being out for the season. He wasn't very good. Uh, the entire season, you, you would think that if the backup was competent, he would have got more time this season. And the fact that he didn't also makes me think that, hey, maybe that backup there is not very good either. Um, but I was too- going to say, I think I think, we, you know, we think
0: we think Luke Fickle, we think he's a really smart dude. And I think that if you, if you believe in that, tells me everything I need to know about the backup. The fact that he wasn't yeah. playing more
1: yeah. earlier yep yep exactly but to 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 what exactly what we're saying under 43 i, I yes, it's below the key number of 44 here but who's going to score a lot of points in this game because even with fickle gone you think that defense is still going to be pretty solid for for cincinnati and louisville has been an under team all, all season going against a backup quarterback here for cincinnati so um you know we talked about this before we came on the show you want to kind of like convince yourself that oh man you missed that key number of 44 you know don't feel as comfortable about it now but i think if you're doing that you're overthinking it just based on how these teams have played so Uh, Don't be concerned about the number. Just play under 43. Yeah. The backup did okay against Temple. I don't know what that means. Against Tulane,
0: and Tulane's got a really good defense, but Louisville's got a good defense too. I mean, they were riding us a lot of unders all season. And so I feel like those are relatively comparable. Against Tulane, you went 10 of 26 for 102 yards and a pick. I mean, that's not good. It's not good, and it's and again maybe he can do better against weaker defenses, and he'll get to face some weaker defenses. Assuming he's there next year, but this isn't one of those. Uh, we assume that Louisville's defenses uh, get a show up to play, and they the way they play most of the season, they should be able to uh, hold them down. So we're going to back Louisville here, laying a short number, and go under forty three. Two thirty Eastern, Florida and Oregon State. This is
1: the Las Vegas Bowl, uh, and we have our first Eastern. game. And we have our first game where you want to make sure you know who's playing. You need to know who's
0: playing in this one for <laughs> sure. Um, Anthony Richardson for Florida, obviously going to the NFL draft. Um, Jack Miller the third will make his – First start for the Gators. Uh, the list of players, I'm not even going to list them for Florida. It's really long. It's a handful of guys that really matter. A handful of guys that may not matter as much, but it's just a long list.
1: I mean, it's a, it's a bunch of dudes out. It feels like it's growing by the day, by like a person a day, right? And, yeah, and in the in the person that, that I would, would say is Osiris Torrance, the uh, starting offensive lineman for Florida. First team All-SEC, first team All-American coming into the season. Very, very good offensive lineman. He has opted out for the NFL draft. Mm. Uh, so not only missing their starting quarterback on their third string quarterback actually. Uh, Florida will also be missing their best offensive lineman by far. Yeah, losing a linebacker as
0: well, receiver. I mean, and like I said, a growing list. Uh, it's hard to keep track of it all. Uh, Oregon State, for the most part, is pretty intact. I think this is a game they want to go out and win. Um, that's the reason why they're favored by so much. This is a game where, with regards to the side, I, I just don't feel good about anything. We're going to say it's a 10-point favorite. Sideline says it should only be 3.5, but again, as we mentioned, not taking into account the opt-outs. How much is are all these guys worth? It's hard to say. You know. It, it, a touchdown is not unreasonable, and that would be sidelined within say it should be Oregon State minus 10 and a half, maybe more than a touchdown, maybe up to 10 points. I wouldn't go too much further than that because you still assume that they're reasonably good athletes. The question I think you have to ask yourself, and because Jared, you made a joke that you know Florida fans might give you a, you know a jaded answer for this, but how much depth does Florida have with regards to replacing some of these guys and how big of a drop off is it? That's part of the reason why Florida has a new coach. Potentially, is recruiting. It's always a big thing, right? So that's the big question here: How motivated is Florida? I assume everyone that's going to be out there playing will be extremely motivated. The question is: How good are they? This Oregon State team is one I've been. Backing all season for the most part back against Oregon um, in that season finale, they've looked really good. They've been really good to us. It's just a too big of a number that I don't really want to mess with, but we're going to go with the under 53 instead because Jared, what's your take?
1: My take is that all of the talent that Florida is going to be missing in this game will allow Oregon state to play the game exactly the way that they want to play it, which would lend itself to running the ball a lot, keeping the clock running. And I think they're going to be up by like two touchdowns, potentially late in this game. And the clock's just going to be going and going and going and going. And Florida may not be able to do anything offensively uh, on their third string quarterback. So I feel a lot better about, about the under. That's why it's the play we're making here. If I had to pick a side, I think I would take the 10 points with Florida just because 10 points in a bowl game where we, we talk about all of these crazy variables. I would not feel good about it, but if I had to pick a side, I, I would take the 10 points. And I'm not telling you uh, viewer listener t- to do that, but I just want to take the opportunity to say getting double digits in a bowl game is, is a lot when there's just like, you know, crazy, crazy things that happen all the time. Uh, I, I think both the professor and I would kind of have like a higher burden of proof or really have to, feel convicted to lay double digit points at any point during during bowl season you know maybe outside of a, a playoff game or national temperature game something like that where everybody is properly incentivized um so again not telling you to take 10 points for florida here but just want to take the opportunity to tell you that you know to lay 10 points in a game in a bowl game it's really going to take a lot for, for both of us and, and I think
0: you talk about obviously playoff being a different situation, but I, I'd also maybe even lay 10 in a situation where it was deeper to the bowl, where it's more prestigious bowls, where you do feel like you have a good idea that the one team is really showing what to play and you have, you know, the perfect evidence, but yeah, it's like, it's really just a higher burden of proof. In these early bowl games, if you just go back historically and you just blind take every dog, that's getting more than a touchdown, double digits, you're gonna be batting like 600, so yep. I, I do just do not want to lay the ten points here. It's just too yep. many, but I'm not trying to pluck take ten points of Florida. Just having no yep. idea what they're gonna have, right? So it's one of those where it's just the variance is through the roof. I just don't want any part of it personally. Um, if you are, this is a tough one where if you're in a confidence pool and you're just picking the winners. I mean, you gotta pick Oregon State and you gotta pick them for pretty high and you just gotta not worry about it and don't 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 get too cute, right? Um, if you're in some sort of bull bull pick them with spreads, I mean, it's really tough to say because I just, I hate laying this many points, but like I said, I'm not excited to take points with Florida in this situation. So just a complete crapshoot there. Um, but like I said, confidence pool, you just got to pick Oregon state pretty high up there just because they're big favorites. They should win and don't try to get too cute, right? Try to make your money somewhere else. Don't try to make it here.
1: Yeah. But if you are in a confidence pool based on spreads, the next two games are for you. There you go. All right, great segue. Three thirty
0: Eastern Fresno State versus Washington State. Uh, yeah, this one right here, one of one of my favorites. I think one of your favorites as well. Um, grabbing three points with washington state sidelines got the break 39th fresno state 47th and again this is fresno state where the model is adjusting for the fact that hayner was out for some of those games so there is no need to adjust this number for jake hayner the model already is doing that and still says that washington state is almost two points better than fresno state i know that fresno state has looked really good with Hayner again the model taking into account washington's a Washington State's looked really good as well. They're like Oregon State. They're a team that, for the most part, has flown under the radar, been pretty good, um, and just not getting the respect they deserve. Getting a field goal here, especially at minus 105, um, is just way too good to be true, in my opinion. It's a giant edge, according to the model, and I have no reason to distrust it in this one. With regards to... Home field advantage, you know, this game is being played in Los Angeles, so technically a little bit closer for Fresno State, but I don't expect any real difference. I expect both fan bases to show up. I expect it to be a good atmosphere. Um, with regards to players, you do have a couple of guys down for Washington State. Um, they are without a couple of receivers and a couple of linebackers um, for various reasons. In general, though, they have just shown the ability to um, just kind of take care of business, not with necessarily star players here and there, just kind of like it kind of like maybe that's why they're getting respect. It's kind of one of those. I don't know how they're getting it get done, but they keep finding ways to do something impressive every week um, and either win games or cover numbers. Um, Cousin Jared, what is your take on why we like Washington State plus three
1: so much? Yeah, Washington State defense coordinator also left to take the same job at Arizona State. But, uh, you know, want to know who the, the defense coordinator was last year before all everything that transpired last year, Jake Dickert, the head coach. And so I think he's probably still going to know how to call a defense. I'm sure yep. he hasn't forgot in, in the one year that he's been a head, head coach there. Um, they're also missing a, a first-team All-Pac-12 linebacker. But uh, Fresno State, let's remember, also rushed for negative yards in one of their uh, late Mountain West uh, conference games in, in this season. So uh, missing a, a good linebacker against Fresno State's a rush offense is not something I'm necessarily uh, concerned right. about. This this offense for Washington State improved as the season went on. Cameron mm-hmm. Ward is going to to be the one there. You mentioned them missing a couple of receivers, but this offense is going to go as Cameron Ward takes it. He's playing in the game. You know, it's his first bowl game at FBS. I think he's going to be excited and ready to go. This just seems like you're getting three points in a game that it just seems mispriced to me. I mean, yes, Fresno State has looked a lot better uh, with Hainer back, but Fres- uh, Washington State has a defense the likes of which Fresno State has only seen you know maybe once or twice this season, maybe when they played Oregon State or maybe when they played um, Boise State. And, and so I think that the Washington State defense is going to give uh, the Fresno State offense fits. And three points just seems like way too much, to your point. Washington State has been under the radar all season, and I think this line is just a reflection of that. They are a, a much better team uh, than what they're getting played for, and I, I don't know why that's the case.
0: Yeah, and if you if you take some of those adjustments from losing a couple of receivers, you know the you know linebacker there, maybe instead of it being Washington State minus one point seven, it should be closer to a pick home. Maybe Fresno minus one. To three though is three at minus one oh five two hundred five two is yeah. just like you said completely mispriced. I don't really know what's going to happen in this game. I think it should be a fantastic contest. I'm really looking forward to watching this one. I think Washington on the money line makes a lot of sense as well, just because same idea. Who really knows? Um, the the last thing we will add on this is in general, this is the exact type of game where I would look to fade the power conference school thinking about a lack of motivation and thinking about the fact that the team that's playing them wants to beat up on the bigger teams. We joked last year all season about BYU and how they dominated all those PAC 12 schools. And it is a long running history that I don't think that's going to be the issue here with Washington state. I think that there are certain teams that that could be an issue against. Um, If you had a disappointing season from, I, I don't know, we'll talk about it later, but I, Maybe in Oklahoma, right? Maybe in Oklahoma State. Maybe one of those teams who, who had a disappointing season is in a disappointing bowl game. That's where you really got to question, how hard are they practicing these weeks? And how hard is this other team practicing? Right? Those are the situations you want to look at. I don't think that's the case there in Washington State. They've always been the underdog. They've always been little brother. Oregon State the same way in the game we just talked about. Those aren't the type of teams that have the types of players that I am typically worried about mailing it in for these three weeks of practice time. And so I still think Washington State goes out there and plays hard. Don't know what happens, but grabbing a field goal or, again, plus odds, I think makes a lot of sense there. 545 Eastern, Rice at Southern Miss. The Lending Tree Bowl, this is in Mobile, Alabama. Short drive from Southern Miss. So I am giving Southern Miss a tiny bit of a home-field advantage just because the travel is a little bit easier. Their fans should mostly show up. Rice doesn't have a ton of fans because they don't really have a lot of alumni. It's a really small school, right? Um, now, I do imagine the fans that they have in general might be interested in going to a bowl game because they don't do it often, but... Um, you know, the, the, the travel and what should be more of a Southern Miss atmosphere, I think, gives them a little bit of a home edge. That's why on the screen there, it's notated as at. I'm not giving them a full home edge, just a tiny bit. Relaying the seven points with Southern Miss, sideline says it should be 10.6. Rice is ranked 116th, and they are not the worst team nor the second worst team that's going bowling. Because reasons, but they are five and seven. They are the lone five and seven team and, and, and they're just going the wrong way. Southern Miss has covered a lot of games this season. This seems like another one they can cover. They're only ranked eighty seventh. They only went six and six this season, but Rice has just not looked good lately early on in the season. They looked like they had a pulse and they have just been terrible as the season is really the back half of the season. Uh Roland laying with Southern Miss because Jared, tell us more.
1: Yeah. So really, all you need to say about this game, Rice had had three weeks and yes, they were uh, three of the more difficult conference USA opponents, but three weeks they had a chance to actually win their, their bowl eligibility. They, they couldn't do it. Like you say, kind of faltered down the stretch Southern Miss. I mean, I feel like all you need to say about Southern Miss is Southern Miss beat Tulane earlier this season. I mean, that is, that is saying something. Yes. Anybody can beat anybody on any given day, but to beat this Tulane team this season Mm -hmm. was quite the Mm -hmm. accomplishment. So, Clearly, when both of these teams are playing at their best, Southern Miss is in another stratosphere, in my opinion, than, than what Rice is. I think also Rice going to be super excited to be at the bowl game, mm-hmm. for sure. But – What's that going to translate to as far as what the product that they're going to put on the field? You know, we talked about how much are they practicing. I think they're just probably throwing parties and and being really excited that they got to a bowl game. I don't know how serious they're they're necessarily taking it. They've had a revolving door at at quarterback this year. They've had a lot of injuries. They had a lot of guys coming in and out. I think it's going to be maybe the extra practice gives them a a chance to get some type of continuity there. But against the Southern Miss defense, I I think that you needed your continuity before now because Southern Miss's defense has been pretty stout all season long. So. So I think this number is quite a bit short. I have no issues with laying the seven points with Southern Miss.
0: Yeah, I like that it's seven and not seven and a half, just because like we talked about once you get above seven, especially into the double digits, it just gets scary. But here I'm like, I have no problem laying seven Um, here. The injuries that Rice has had, uh, At a lot of, not just quarterback, you know, kind of a lot of different positions. Uh, They just don't have a lot of depth. That's probably contributed to why they've looked so shaky over the back part of the season. Maybe this is a little bit of a chance to get healthy, but right now, Everything that we see seems to be that everybody's a little bit uncertain. There's not like a clear that I've seen yet. Yes, this guy. Yes, this guy. They are. They're all clear. And that tells me a lot that they're not practicing a lot, that they're more resting up. And that's, again, not what you want going into a game. You want them to be practicing. And, and the, the rest is good to get healthy. But also you do want the, the reps, especially because they've been in and out of reps um, so much. So it's just a, a rice team that feels like they need another month off. <laughs> to kind of get back completely healthy and going to have a chance. Uh, Sometimes it's not great, but rice, just not a good football team. So really the seven with them, Seven thirty Eastern BYU and SMU. Uh, this one's the Albuquerque bowl at seven thirty Eastern, usually a day game, but this one was, I guess, flex tonight. Um, total of 68. And uh, uh, I, I don't, I mean, I, I would have said 80, in this game, yeah.
1: Honestly. Yeah. Are you are you sure that we don't want to do grades anymore and we can't give this an a grade <laughs> over 68? You know, I feel uh, uh,
0: there, there will be a, a time for that when we get day of. Right. We can do some, you know, you yeah. can join. T- you can hop on TikTok and and give that out as a, as a play I, of the day. If- I open myself up for that one. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I mean, if you said this was 86, I'd be like, yeah, sure. That probably sounds about right. Um, 68 feels like a gift. Uh, we're going to go over that with regards to injuries. Um, SMU's, uh, over a thousand year receiver will be out. Um, BYU's had just a bunch of injuries throughout the season. We've talked about at both wide receiver and quarterback, some guys in and out, um, Jaron Hall is expected to play. The backup is transferred. So if Hall doesn't play, BYU is in real trouble at the quarterback position. Um, Otherwise, it seems like BYU is getting healthy. Finally, the receivers kind of mostly were getting healthy towards the end of the year. I said Hall, you know, getting injured um, or getting banged up a little bit towards the end of the season was obviously a little bit of a downer for them. Don't know who wins this game. Um, You've got two teams who've looked very mediocre all season, both of them finishing with seven and five records. Sideline says SMU is ranked 58th, BYU 68th and projects SMU by like a point um, or two. That's about where the spread is. It's, It's a situation where, I would lean SMU, except for the fact that you just never know about motivation in these games. And historically, BYU having older players has done fairly well in bowls and has performed in lower bowls that maybe some 19 year old kids would kind of mail it in. You know, maybe that extra age maturity has helped they've played well. So I, I don't really want to mess with the side. I just want to go over all season. These defenses couldn't stop anybody hardly. And the offense had pretty good success. So uh, even though SMU's lost a receiver, Um, we're going to go over that 68 cousin, Jared elaborate for
1: us a little bit more on that. You know, I have said a lot of words about a lot of games over the course of this season. And like this one, it just like have have you been watching football? Have you been watching college football this season? Yeah. And and if you had, the 68 is just way too low with, with how both of these teams played. I mean, when when Houston and SMU played, which maybe Houston, you know, the the most similar team that that um, mm. you know to somebody that SMU ha- has played this season uh, to BYU, uh, that game got to like 150 or or whatever it was. So I mean, just. They're probably still scoring, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's it, just the clock ran out, or they would still be scoring. Uh, right. it, it's just 68 way too low. Play the over. Yeah. The, these these yeah. defenses are both bad.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you do have a little bit of a weather concern being Albuquerque in the mountains in the winter. We are too far out to really know much of anything, um, you know, weather forecasts don't really start getting precise until about four or five days out. You know, we are, uh, more like six at this point. So, you know, we can look and glance at it, but it's not extremely helpful as of right now, but right now it looks like a nice day with no wind, no snow, um, you know, chilly, but that's not going to kill anybody because it's, you know, 40 degrees. So shouldn't affect anything too much. Again, that's very imprecise right now. So, if you look back in three days and all of a sudden that's completely changed, but we're getting close enough that it, I'm not overly worried. Um, it is something to just keep an eye on. But uh, assuming that there's no crazy Albuquerque snowstorm, um, you know, and it is like we think, you know, 40 degrees ish sunny, you know, obviously sun going down, I guess, but just, you know, clear, I guess I should say, then should be ripe for lots of points. Uh, The late one Saturday night, 915 Eastern Boise State. Again, you see at on the screen, this one's in Frisco, Texas, in the Frisco Bowl, giving UNT a slight home foot advantage to travel. I live in Denton, where UNT is located. To drive to Frisco is about 45 minutes um, if there's no traffic. So it's Pretty easy travel, a lot of UNT alum. UNT is a very large school, undergrad, thirty to 40,000 undergrads every year. Tons of alum in this area. There should be a decent amount of fans there at the game. Boise, of course, travels well, but it's quite a lot further to travel for them. So a little bit of an edge for North Texas. Um, Again, not a full home field, but a tiny bit. They're getting 10 points. um, South of Troll Fired for UNT. So they've missed their coach, the defensive coordinator, Phil Bennett, who's been around forever yeah. and has yeah. been everywhere. It seems yeah. like, um, will be the interim, uh, Boise's for the most part intact, other than a, a, a wide receiver who missed the last little bit of the season due to injury, but nothing too remarkable there. So I think says this should be, um, Boise state's, Uh, Minus 6.7. So we're getting 10 points here with UNT. Pretty solid edge here. Uh, Cousin Jared, tell us more.
1: Yeah, uh, solid edge. It's a lot of points. To my point earlier, when you can get double-digit points in a bowl game, that's usually a, a pretty good idea, and especially when sideline says that this should be just south of a touchdown. I'm a little bit concerned about North Texas letting go of Seth Luttrell got him to the, um, to the conference championship game this season. Should he have done more in his time at North Texas? Most likely he had those couple seasons where he had Mason fine at quarterback and they were really following on all cylinders fine left and you know they kind of went down didn't recover i understand why they did what he did but why they let him go but i think that maybe the players there might be a little concerned like hey our coach got us to the conference championship game kind of what more can you ask him to do you know that's kind of everybody's big goal when when there is a conference championship game like that to to get to it and and so i'm a little bit concerned the players might be a little you know upset by that but at the same time i mean this is Boise State that we're talking about, right? I mean, they could win this game by three touchdowns. They can lose this game by like two touchdowns, and I would not yes. be surprised because that's kind of what Boise does. So uh, 10 points just seems like way too much uh, in a bowl game, especially one where North Texas I think will have a – I don't want to say decided home field advantage, but definitely going to have a, at least a little bit of a home field advantage
0: yeah and north texas uh, actually played in this game last year uh it was an afternoon oh, against, game
1: against miami so, ohio yeah
0: yes and so that became a little bit of a different uh situation because of the fact that it was right in the middle of the day um than this one being a, a night game um so uh, you know I, I think that might help a little bit north texas did not win that one didn't uh really get close to the loss by about 13 Um, but the home edge I think maybe helps a little bit more here on a Saturday night Um, if nothing else like we said I you know I think Boise is still the better team but as we talked about earlier the reason why grabbing double digits makes so much sense in bowl games is there are sometimes uh, there are not not uncommonly upsets in this regard I mean there's the reason Mm -hmm. why your bowl confidence pickups always go crazy because there's always under, underdogs win like half the games or something crazy, right? It, you know, maybe right. not quite that be pretty close, right? Just in general, if you don't know in bowl season, just take the points, you know, because you never know yeah. really know. But a lot of times also just take the plus odds because you don't really know. And so, North Texas can win this game. It wouldn't shock me. Or again, getting 10 points, there's a lot of ways they can lose this game yeah. and, and we still win, right? I mean, three, four, six, seven, nine, right? Isn't crazy. And tends to push, right? So, I mean, just a lot of ways that this can go right for us. Again, no locks okay. in gambling, but just a lot of ways this can go right. Grabbing the tent with UNT, which we'll takes us to Monday. We're going to cover this Monday afternoon game because our next show will be out in exactly one week, um, which will be buttoned up pretty close to this game Monday in the afternoon because Monday Night Football. You know, ESPN owns and runs just about all the bowl games, it seems like. So, yeah, uh, so. just about all of them. So yeah. uh, they're not going to put in a Monday night game. So we're going to cover the Monday game here. So our show in one week will then start up with the Tuesday games for the following week. UConn and Marshall. Um, <laughs> UConn, not the worst team in the bowls, not the second worst team, not the third worst team, but only the fourth worst team. Ranked yeah. 114th, two slots ahead of Rice, but at least going in the right direction. Um, you know, a UConn team we've loved all season. We've looked back backing them almost from the you know from the start. It seems like week yeah. zero, I I, ba- I backed Utah UConn, yeah. yeah, yeah, and I was like, I don't know, I'm just gonna trust it, right? And they've just they've done me right all season. It seems like they've played hard, they've backdoored a lot of times because they've they've just been motivated. You know, heck of a job coaching there. Uh, the turnaround that's happened, UConn just cannot give them enough praise. Sideline says this should be Marshall minus 14, that Marshall's ranked 64th, UConn's ranked one fourteen. That's a hefty difference there. There is an adjustment being made for the fact that we don't expect a lot of points, to more defensive, slower-paced teams. Don't expect a lot of points, and the model still says it should be Marshall by about 14, um, because you're, we're going to pass on the side, yep. and we're going to take the under 41 instead, and I'll let you tell the listener why
1: again as we said in the the SMU game have you watched college football this season I, I I don't think there's there's any way uh that this game is gonna have very many points Marshall we have loved Marshall unders this season we've really loved Yukon unders as well you know we've loved take, uh, backing Yukon but we've loved playing the under and Yukon games as well uh I mean if you look at some of the projections out there like this game projects like more in the 30s like I I don't know why the total is still in uh, at 41 uh, it opened at 40 and it's been been up to 41 just shows you that there are dumb people out there uh because this game should not be not be taken to over um so well, uh, no. ca- caveat caveat you you
0: you never know when a number's out this long there are situations where there's funny money in the market where people are trying to soften it to get it to a certain point i don't know if that's happening here or if people are just crazy yeah but that's or, not impossible. No,
1: that there's that no. there's
0: you know and that doesn't happen in every single game, but that does occasionally happen where you'll see a number go one direction and then hard the other direction because people are trying to when the limits are lighter put a little bit on and they're going to come hard once they get the number yeah. in the other direction that they want it. So uh, maybe something like that's happened. I, I don't know. Yeah. I, but I'm like you. Otherwise, I'm like who, who's really investing large sums of money? Yeah. To push this over forty.
1: Yeah, but but I do want to um, take the opportunity to kind of give you like a word of caution about backing, uh, you know, playing the 10 points with Marshall here, because clearly that's what sideline would tell you to do. That's what any projection system yeah. would tell you to do is to lay the points with Marshall. Uh, UConn kind of the opposite of Rice. We talked about Rice not being able to kind of win their way and getting there by their APR scores coming bowl eligible with only five wins uconn won their way they were able to kind of get that monkey off their back win that sixth game get into the bowl game they are going to be highly motivated to, uh, in this game i think you're going to get their their best effort definitely uh marshall you could potentially say the same thing uh, that you know th- they might be fully motivated as well but i don't know how you could look at how both of these teams played this season and think that laying 10 points in a game where again i think the total should be more like in the 30s somewhere that yeah. laying 10 points is a good idea marshall loves to play in low scoring games and yukon just has no quit uh, I mean, you know, the, going back to the old uh, coastal Carolina coach, like, I don't need a bunch of cats in here. I need a bunch of dogs. And I think that UConn, uh, you know, they are some Huskies. I think they got a bunch of dogs. There you go. Uh, because you they, are, go. they are not going to give up. Uh, UConn is just like one of those teams where it's like playing a team like Marshall, where you're like, ah, 10 points seems like a lot for, for yeah. this UConn team. So, um, which. Jim Mora, kudos! The fact that I'm yeah. saying these things about you, yeah. you you have done a, a heck of a job. So again, what a what a what a time to be alive! <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, love the under 41. If if you lay the 10 points with Marshall, it's not the dumbest play in the world, but it's just a spot where I, I not something that I'd be able to do myself.
0: Yeah, I, I completely agree. I, I look at what the model is again, adjusting the number down. If I didn't adjust the number down, it should be like 16 or 15 or something like that just not a thing I want a part of though because of the fact yeah. that UConn has no quit I don't know about Marshall motivation no idea I, I mean maybe they are maybe they aren't I again, no idea but there's a reason why again you don't want to lay big numbers in bowl games and it's because right. sometimes weird things happen motivation etc and we, again we know that UConn has played hard all season long so I, I, I don't want to take 10 it's not enough because they're Marshall is just so much better than UConn so don't don't hear yeah. what we're saying and say that means jump on the plus 10 I don't know I mean may, I guess what we're trying to say is you know if you like something you don't know, play It's just we're not really trying to push you either way on it because 10 isn't enough for me to get excited because Marshall is so much better with regards to the talent on the field than UConn is. But uh, I just I don't want to. Yeah. um lay 10 points with with it. in a game that again we think the total should be more like 35 i mean if, if this played out just like the army navy game which again somehow got over 35 but also yeah. for the record was two plays away from being entering overtime at three to three and still in yeah. overtime at 10 to 10 right like that's yeah. the type of game we're gonna have doesn't mean it'll go under because overtime right but yeah that's a type of game i kind of expect to see here um like you said, the backdoor is, is Yukon's going to be fighting for it. Um, just who the heck knows what's going to happen in this one. So uh, just not a side that I want to any part of, uh, but that the 41, just way too high. You know, yep. I'd probably still, I'd go under 38 and a half easily on this one. Um, yep. Even if it was down that low, I just, I can't see that many points with the way these two teams play and how good they are defensively. Yep. Well, that wraps us up for the first set of bowl games. We back another week from now with more cousin Jared, any
1: parting words for us this week? Enjoy all the bowl games while you got them, people. It feels like they take forever to get here, but once they start, it's Mm. over before you know it. Take your opportunities to enjoy as many of these games as you possibly can.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for tuning into this episode of Pics with the Professor. Don't forget to subscribe so you can enjoy all the sports betting content we provide on this channel jumped right into your feed. We back again next week with more bowls and all week with college basketball. And until we see you again, as always, best of luck. And remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.